Welcome to the Faculty Podcast, brought to you by Reformed Theological Seminary at RTS Washington, part of a 50-plus year endeavor to train pastors and other church leaders in the ministry of the gospel in the United States and around the world. My name is Scott Redd. I'm the president here, and I'm joined by my friends and colleagues, Dr. Tommy Keene, Dr. Paul Jean, Dr. Peter Lee, and Dr. Gray Sutanto. Their titles are now known by our audience, and so we're just going to blow right through it. You guys will have to be patient with me oh, dear. in these oh, introductions. Dear. As we continue on in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, um, uh, we're moving on now to the next fruit that arises in our list from Paul's letter to the Galatians, and that is the fruit of the Spirit that is patience. And I've got to admit, brothers, patience maybe of all of the ones that we've done so far, it starts introducing some new questions for me uh, as I'm looking through these. First of all, I think patience, what's, what's the biblical theology of patience? What, what are we referring to here? Yeah. Okay, is this, I mean, God is patient. He's forbearing with Israel. Is, is that what it's referencing? And yet that also then presupposes sin and the fall. And so it raises questions. Do the fruit of the Spirit presuppose the fall? How are we to think about them? Will we have the fruit of the Spirit in heaven? You know, uh, which then leads me, well, if that's the case, are we just talking about the ways in which the spirit shows up in this fallen, finite, creaturely life that we live in? Should we consider these exhaustive or is this, is this it? Is this the whole of the list or are these just some representative traits that Paul pulls out to say, you should, you know, in general, look for these things, look for these things in each, in each other. Is it an exhaustive list? Or is this a list of things that came to mind in his organic inspiration Love, of this book? Love, peace, patience, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, exactly. Yada, yada, yada. We, put, we could put that after self-control at the end, etc. cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. yeah, and so on. So let me throw all of those out there to you guys. Don't everyone jump at once. Well, Paul just wrote a commentary on the book of Galatians. <laughs> I think we should start and every episode with every this. Episode this Paul, you wrote a commentary on Galatians. Talk about this. Well, I'll just take one question. I don't think it's a comprehensive list because we have different virtue lists throughout Paul's letters. And so he's probably throwing out a few. Um, I, I think it's actually really helpful to read this in terms of Paul's eschatology, especially in Galatians. Um, so patience then could be understood as living between the two ages, the already not yet. Mm. But I also think, like in terms of its historical context, Paul's being like just re- very realistic, like Jews, Gentiles being together. You know, I, I often say that people who talk about how great diversity is probably don't have much diversity in their lives. <laughs> so, do you need to? I won't edit that. I think that's probably true. uh, So in that context, you you understand patience not in an abstract way, but Paul is saying realistically when very different people come together, um, you're going to require lots of patience. I like that. I like that 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 as as, uh, in life in between the ages too. In in the eschaton, in the new heavens and new earth, diversity will not be a subject of patience. But in this current age, uh, and that's diversity of all kinds. It, it creates the need for patience. Interesting question of why would patience be required in the, mm-hmm. in the eschaton? Because I'm, I'm, I'm used to thinking about all of these. The, the gifts of the Spirit 
are sub-eschatological. They're for the already, not yet. But the fruits of the Spirit, I've always thought of as eternal. These are the things that we will have in a glorious, most excellent form in heaven. So why would patience be necessary mm-hmm. in in heaven? I think that's an interesting, an interesting question. Gray? Well, I theologian. think a parallel to this conversation would be the debates in the 20th century about whether or not we can refer to God pre-fall as a gracious God who deals right, with humanity, right. right? So some theologians would argue um, to apply grace before the fall is a category error because grace presupposes the entrance of sin. Um, so we shouldn't say that God was gracious to Adam because Adam was created innocent and therefore good. So in what way was God gracious to Adam, right? Um, other theologians would however argue that God was indeed gracious to Adam because there is a form of grace that that isn't necessarily tethered to a fallen creature, namely grace in the form of condescending general benevolence to Mm -hmm. Adam, right? So the fact that God condescended in human language, offered him eternal life, even though Adam could only offer um, finite obedience, that itself was a form of benevolence and which therefore is gracious. So there was a debate there. Is there a form of grace before the fall without sin? And is grace just tethered to the reality of a sinful condition? And I think this this question parallels that. In a way, we can talk about patience as presupposing fallen conditions. So patience involves us being long-suffering with not just forms of physical pain because of the fall, but also because of sins that are against us. How forgiving are we towards people who've wronged us? How patient are we toward those um, who've harmed us and so on. But I think there is perhaps a form of patience that doesn't presuppose the fall, which is patience in the form of being not quick to be annoyed or angry at difference in general. So what do I mean by this? So for instance, oftentimes I would wake up before my wife does and I would try to go back to sleep, but I couldn't perhaps because she would be snoring or vice versa, Mm -hmm. right? Um, this is perhaps a silly example. I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, your wife would snore. She would never snore. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to back up and take that back, <laughs> I will edit that out for you. I'll edit that out. I won't he, edit, edit out, but I'll edit that out if you need it. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll use a different example. Why is that the first example that came to my mind? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, let's he let's said, explore he said, that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> he said, with dark circles <laughs> under his eyes. That's right. Is that the one that comes to mind? <laughs> okay. No. Well, well, is there a form of patience that doesn't presuppose sin or a post-fall form of suffering? Well, what about just patience with general difference? Uh, perhaps differences with personalities, for instance. Um, there are those perhaps with so-called type A personalities who get really impatient towards those with a very different personality that's perhaps a bit more laid back. But differences in personality are natural. Um, not all differences are because of sin. Some differences are just due to the fact that we're all individuals with a distinct soul. And so I think in heaven, there is the sense where we're okay with these personality differences. Mm. Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing that maybe even in heaven, um, we will be patient in the perfect sense of, because, okay, great, you're the theologian. We're not going to be omniscient. So we're still not going to know a lot of things. Yeah. But our ignorance won't lead to the kind of impatient response, but it will be perfected almost where we will have a listening disposition, a breadth of like 
inclusivity. So, yeah, we, we won't yeah. be patient with fallenness because that will be done away with, but we'll still be patient with finitude, right? Yeah, with our I, creatureliness. And there's something to remember there. There's a parallel there with Eden, I think, as well. I mean, we, we need to remember Eden isn't a perfect state. It's good and it's not fallen, but it has not yet reached glory. And so that there is a waiting that has to have a probationary period that Adam has to endure and there's work required and we, we have to be patient with our work. And I can see pre-fall ways that we can think about that. And maybe we, we just don't get a lot of knowledge about what the new heavens and the new earth is going to be like. But mm-hmm. I, th- you know, if, if, if the, if Jesus is any indication, he has a material, physical, glorified body. Um, and, there is a kind of correspondence with the pre- the the perishable world in which we live. So, is there going to be growth in heaven? Is there going to be from glory to greater glory? Mm-hmm. Right. And if mm-hmm. there is, then I can think of other areas where, even in our glorified state, we are still waiting for a greater glory, and maybe patience is required for that. Hmm. Yeah, and I think in this present life, right, our personality differences become a source of pride for us. So we tend to think, oh, um, for instance, I might be more uh, inclined to prioritize punctuality. Other people what might be prioritizing instead hospitality instead of punctuality. So if there was a guest in their house, they're not going to be prone to kick their guests out to meet a meeting that's right after their guest's arrival or guest's departure. But they're going to prioritize making sure the guest feels hospitable as much as possible rather mm-hmm. than being punctual towards the next meeting. So I think in our present conditions, we might think to ourselves, well, obviously, punctuality is higher than hospitality because my personality inclinations are right and theirs is wrong. And you could even maximize that and not just think about individuals, but also cultures. My culture is just better than that other culture, even though really the differences are not necessarily due to sin, but because of just social and natural factors. And I think in the New Heavens and New Earth, we have these coexisting of different tribes and cultures. And instead of looking down at one another, We'll try to find ways to work together and be patient with one another and be okay with these differences because the body of Christ is diverse. Well, that seems to still raise for me the question, and and maybe there's not a clear answer to this, but I've always thought of patience, and even as we're talking about it, I still think of it as kind of a derived hmm. like uh, you know, trait. You know, joy is joy, right? Peace, peace. But patience is kind of assuming... Like the application of mercy or love or kindness to use other fruits in light of frustrations or hindrances of some kind, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that, mm-hmm. that seems to be the case. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering, wait, is patience, is that really what patience is? Or is that, is, is patience something else that is unto itself? Okay, does that make sense, that question? You even have, you know, the way that God is described as being patient in the Old Testament, right? There's this great anthropomorphic description of his forbearance, you know, anger. Anger is when your nose gets hot and God is depicted as being long of nose because it takes a long time for his nose to get hot. And in other words, he's patient. it's It's a character trait that's inbuilt perhaps in itself. But I guess I'm still asking this, you know, is is this a derived trait? Is this, are we getting too detailed about the fruit of the Spirit? Maybe at the end of the day, all of these, we could say, are derived out of God's twofold characteristics, you know, in, in the Pentateuch of being merciful, gracious, <coughs> to use you know, Gray's language, not just merciful, but gracious. 
and just. And if you take, you know, if you pl- apply those into different situations and you get the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, my gut response, and I think maybe this is getting a little speculative, so we might have to have a apologies and retractions uh, episode after this. But my gut response is, you know, God, neither in Eden nor in the new heavens and new earth, are we to think about those realities as kind of a static goodness. There's mm-hmm. a narrative dynamic to all of that. Yeah. And in that narrative dynamic, there is a kind of patience required. And maybe if we're doing kind of like a biblical theological discussion of this, the, the patience is, you know, God's patient, God is obviously patient with us, but there is a part of patience is me, uh, is us together faithfully waiting for, for yeah. God to reveal his glory, to, re- to, to solve our problems, to, to act right. and, there is and a, give us. There is a real, I think, uh, pastoral benefit to patience. I mean, I really appreciate, Paul, what you said to start off with, that we are in between um, the advents of Christ. We are waiting in eager anticipation of his return. Um, but, um, you know, we don't know when that's going to be, so we just have to be faithful and patient as we wait um, for that day. And it's one that we long for, at least mm-hmm. a, a proper understanding of the of the eschatological patterns is to eagerly want Christ to return, not be fearful of it, right? So any eschatology that makes you afraid of Jesus' return um, is a bad eschatology. But if you desire it and you want it and you are praying for it and you don't know when it's going to happen, um, you know, you, you, you know, you have to be as faithful as you can. You live from day to day. You go to seminary, you love your family, yeah. and you just have to wait. And, and that patience really seems to be a virtue because, you know, what else do you have? I mean, you're, you, you want for it to happen, and it's not happening. Um, so so that's the larger kind of picture of the church, you can see that. Right. So this, the, the emphasis then here is on sort of the persistence in worship, persistence in faith, persistence in goodness and yeah. joy and peace, you know, persistence in love. And... I can see how that patience adds another element to it, yeah. right? It's saying persist in these things. Long yeah. suffering. Or yeah. Pers- yeah, persevering. Good yeah. Calvin. Persevere. Yeah, that's right. A lot of the fruits actually, I think, intersect with persevering. Yeah. Uh, self, self-control, self I mean, mm-hmm. to spoil the ending. But yeah. I think it gets at we that see too. it, I think, also in our own individual lives of growth and sanctification. I mean, you know, I want to be, you know, uh, d- done with this sin now. I don't want to keep dealing with this thing, but it, you know it doesn't happen that way. You you pray, you grow, you wait for the Lord to continually sanctify you. You're just kind of doing what you can. I don't know to what degree there's a level of you know we're not in glory. We're, that's the direction we're heading in, but um, we just uh, and we do what we can to to grow and to refine ourselves. But we wait for the Lord to do that within us. You know, especially in our day, if you think about it, you know, with the with you know. Uh, the uh, TikTok short videos and how Facebook is responding with those short video clips. Everyone wants something quick and easy, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, like an instantaneous, you know, thing. And and the idea of of patiently waiting is just a virtue that's lost. Uh, uh, with the internet now, we can just look for anything online, and get it like right away. The idea of working to grow in an area of 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 of, of of uh, of study mm-hmm. and putting the work in long term to really understand it, 
um, is lost. You, we just, you know, we find something on the internet, and it's there, now we know it, and there's no idea of just really growing in that knowledge. I, I like that line of thought, and one of the things that I kind of try to do when I get stuck in, like, what is patience, what is hope, is to think about some of these parallel concepts or, you know, just synonyms and antonyms. And biblically, you're doing a biblical theology of patience, good examples, bad examples. You know, again, I'm thinking of self-control here, but, you know, Esau, he isn't willing to wait. He's not willing to wait for God's timing. He's not willing to wait for his inheritance. He's he's impatient, and so he sacrifices what he has to wait for, for the pleasure that he has, you know, right in front of him. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a theme about that. I think you find throughout the scriptures this kind of unwillingness to wait for God's timing yeah. and to wait for His. I mean, you, you clearly right. see this with a Peter. Peter well, okay, so you have Abraham. The whole story is with about Abraham with waiting, and Hagar, right? right? You've got, and arguably, uh, but I think there's actually something to this. Moses killing the Egyptian. He's right. trying to bring about justice without awaiting the right. Lord's call and the Lord's work of deliverance. You see this with Peter and Malchus. You see this arguably when the when the Israelites go into the land and then they fear, they turn back, and then God says, okay, now, you, now you'll now you have to wait. And they go, no, no, we're going to go do it now. And then they go and get, and get beat in battle. You know, So you have this you have this kind of theme regularly of trying to rush yeah. or hurry up. And what do we see in Jesus? We see in Jesus this ability, ability to say, my time hasn't come yet. It's not the time yet. It's not the fullness yeah, of that's time. Right. That's right. You know, there's this yeah. there's this faithful waiting and patience for the Lord's timing. Maybe to your earlier point about it being derivative or responsive. Unlike maybe peace, it, there seems to be this impatience. It's irreducibly social. Mm-hmm. Like it's always involved in our relationships with one another and our relationship with God. We're waiting on someone else. Yeah or responding to someone else or being kind and merciful to someone else. And having integrity. And this is where I think, I've, as I've been listening to y'all talk, I'm realizing it's, there's this integrity in your finitude, right? Mm-hmm. To wait means that you are, to be patient is, is a kind of unchangingness, right? You're not going to become flared up and short-tempered, right? You're going to be persistent and have integrity in time, yeah, right? Right. You know, a good question, I think, for us to ask is what patience looks like um, in the context of theological differences. Because um, when we think about Galatians, like, you know, even as we're talking about patience, it it seems like Paul is patient, except when it comes to compromising, like, the essence of the gospel. Because if you look at, like, chapters 1 and 2, he's very arguably impatient with the Galatians or even with Peter. But some would argue that that pits some sort of limit or guidance on how we think about patience, you know. And so I think that's a good question for us to think through. Like, what does it mean to be patient when people have different theological views? You know, one of the questions our seminary students ask is, let's say one of them is attending seminary, and so his or her spouse is not. What does it mean to be patient in the context of marriage when yeah. Um, there are there's a difference in ter- at least in terms of theological maturity. Yeah. So, uh, As- asymmetric learning. Yeah. yeah. Well, and academic communities are not known for mm-hmm. their exuberant patience. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think we have to. That's that's really important both with our students and with ourselves. Right. And to keep that on the front burner that this is actually something that's a f- 
is a fruit of our faith right. that we're patient with those with whom we disagree or with those who maybe aren't far, as far down the road yeah. uh, on a topic or something as we are. Except that it seems like when it comes to the gospel, Paul doesn't show a lot of patience. You know, if you think about chapters one and two of Galatians, so, right. so it's, it begs the question of like, in what areas in theology can we be patient or mm-hmm. you know charitable, versus uh, what are areas where we will not show any latitude? Yeah, you know? well, that's mm-hmm. a good point. I mean, you know, when we get into these discussions. Um, you know, you 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 raise a point, or someone raises a point to you, and uh, you know your immediate thought may not be, you know, uh, it, it may. T- in other words, it may take some time for you to kind of hear the argument, digest it, think through it, uh, and that just takes some time to kind of put some thought into them. You can't have an immediate response, response thoughtfully right away. Um, you know, to kind of wait you know, stew on that. Uh, there's perhaps a virtue to that, and perhaps to a certain degree, you know, um, a lot of the uh, hostility, you know, the bad hostility that comes within we, within theological differences might could be resolved perhaps if we can just, you know, not respond too quickly. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. wait, and wait, be patient, and just really kind of understand the argument, and then respond. At least it shows that you thought about it. You weren't just you know, just shooting off the hip, that mm-hmm. you actually gave it time, some uh, some time of diligence to to think through it. And if you dis- still disagree, at least you can th- say to the person, you know what, I really thought about this. Yeah. I really, uh, you know, uh, worked through this, but I don't agree and here are my reasons why. Yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, again, I think we want just immediate <laughs> fix on conflict of all sorts and we well, just I, want it to go away and it just sometimes it won't. And I think a lot of people time. actually go the opposite direction with it. They think that morality or righteousness or faithfulness is best expressed in flying off the handle on theological yeah. issues. Like that's that's how you show that you're biblical and godly. Yeah, I mean, I, some of these, you know, social media discussions <laughs> that you see and I'm, the, the, the desire to immediately react. And, and there's almost an expectation that if you don't, it's because you don't care. You know, mm-hmm. there's, this, there's this expectation that if that person doesn't immediately condemn the thing I just condemned, then yeah. they don't care and they're complicit or something like just, that. It creates, this, it creates this pressure to actually respond yeah, patience, before you've listened. Yeah, and patience is not neglect, right? Those are right. two different things. Right. And not just like a call for you to respond, but respond specifically on that social media handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if you're silent on that social media handle, it means that you don't care about the issue or something. Yeah. Like that. To, to Paul's point, there is a time when we should react. And it's not an impatient, but it's a, you know, in, in your anger, do not sin kind of thing. And, and I think in Galatians, Paul has always struck me as kind of like angry dad. Like he, his kids are being threatened, right? And you know, these are those over whom he's labored to to bring the gospel, and somebody has intruded and th- and threatened their peace and threatened their, and so he reacts very quickly. You see this in Corinthians too. I mean, he actually describes himself as an angry dad in Corinthians, um, and and there is a, there there is a a time and a season for that kind of thing when when the danger is high and when the yeah. risk is high. You know your your kids crossing the road and you see a, a a car coming. That is not the right time for patience. But in ordinary circumstances, we are called to wait on on the Lord 
to be merciful to one another and long-suffering as we seek to to yeah. promote the peace of the church. And so if you're looking for a way to apply this in your life, I think what I'm hearing is recognizing the circumstantial aspects of these things and how they happen in context by people, you know. Um, it's a good question to ask yourself. Like, Lord, am I being patient? Am I not? Am I being quick-tempered, right? Search me, O God, know my heart. See if there's a hurtful way in me, right? Lead me in your everlasting way. That's a great way to apply these fruit to yourself if you're saying, well, I don't know in which situation I should do what. Well, okay, seek the Lord on it. That's always a good sign to me on these things. Are you seeking the Lord in it? It's not about am I looking for the lowest bar so I can make sure I reach it. But rather, Lord, show me what patience is going to look like in my life in light of my context, the issues I'm dealing with, my personality. For instance, if you're someone who is hot-tempered, you might need some repentance in that area of your life, right? Whereas there are other people who, through passivity, uh, you know, trying not to be confrontational, actually might need to think what, pa- what does patience look like when it's a firm and just and godly patience versus being passive and uninvolved, you know, and, th- and those might be different. There might be different answers for each person. Yeah, that's the thing I, sh- I really struggle with with patience. Is it's kind of like you know, like your windshield wipers. You don't know you need new ones until it starts raining. Like you don't know that you've been impatient until you've lost it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, there's this kind of like how long, O oh Lord, that touches all of our lives. We how often we're tempted to say, well, I have been patient, mm-hmm. but I'm. D- and I've been patient for so long that patience is no longer required. Mm-hmm. But actually entrusting our, our souls to our faithful creator means waiting for God to resolve, ultimately resolve the issue. And right. God gets to determine how long, not us. The, the best advice I got from personally, just when I say best personally for me, was um, one of my mentors, he said, just assume you're not being patient. And for some reason, when he said it, he said, stop like being overly contemplative about this. Like he said, you're probably, I I know very few people who are so patient that the exhortation is like, you're too patient, very few. And understanding, you know, Scott's uh, nuance, because I do think that people can confuse passivity with patience. That's not patience at all. But for someone like me, he's saying, no, don't waste time contemplating, am I being patient enough? He said, the answer is no. And... um, then consider, and he, he and he said, make it very concrete. For instance, um, you know, he says when it comes to, for instance, being a husband or father, you probably have your wife and your children on a sanctification schedule that is not going to work out. So, you know, <laughs> extend it by seven times. And I said, yeah. I do like your theocentric yeah. idea, Tommy, about patience. Yeah. The you know we wait for the Lord to work. Uh, and according to his plan, and it comes to like our children, because you know our you know family, kids, church people, with people we care about. I like you the know. idea of a sanctification schedule, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I would all if I could, if we could do it, if I could do it, you know, yeah. you know, and set everyone on my own schedule. I would love that. Um, but you know, when it's our loved ones, we, you know, we don't want them to go through hard times. We want that to be fixed immediately. Um, but the Lord has a different a uh, plan. Uh, and we need to wait on how he is working. So yeah. the, the theocentric aspect of this, sort of that God-centered telos, yeah. I, I think is a real good way yeah. of trying to keep this in mind. I, I, would, I put a little asterisk there with 
Paul and Scott's note that that's not a passivity. You right, know, it's, we're right. faithfully waiting on our Creator while doing good. So we're actively yeah. engaged in the doing of good and interceding and whatever that requires, but waiting on the fruit for that from from God. Yeah, so in marriage, and this is, as we're all talking about this, this is coming up with me, in marriage, patience does not mean giving someone the quiet treatment because they're not on the same page that you are, right? Uh, passivity can actually be a lack of patience. It means actually actively yeah. still being self-giving yeah. because you're patient in the work of the Lord in yourself and in others. You know, that's that's where I think that's where the rub really hits because they go, okay, yeah, you want me to be patient? I'll be patient. I'll sit over here quietly with my arms crossed. You know, I'm being patient. I'm not, I'm not getting mad, yeah. you know, and that actually that's that itself is its, is its own aggression yeah. you know so patience is I'm, I'm still sort of thinking through this it's this kind of persistence and true faithfulness you know over time and that's something when you start thinking through the implications of it you realize wow this does this cuts very deep to my character and how i'm responding and, yeah. and acting in the world yeah. around me. that's good it, it is interesting how all of these fruits, you know, you start talking about it and you realize this touches every single part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. This one's especially hard because, you know, when you think about how impatient we are with people and then how God is so patient yeah. with us, there's something about that that's very cutting. We're like, wow, like, like that's why when you think about that parable of like that, what was it, that guy who's forgiven and then he doesn't forgive his servant. It's a very good reflection of like our own shortcoming. This actually is one reason why I actually enjoy doing dishes, uh, because I get the sense that I got something done immediately. Writing a book, you see, it just takes forever. I uh, thought you were going to say because it makes you feel like I've been so patient. <laughs> no, no, it allows me to kind of say, look, I got this done. Yeah. You know, where grading or or yeah. or or you know writing or writing projects or like a dissertation, right? Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it just, it's sometimes it's more of a test of endurance than it is the yeah. actual academic work, putting mm -hmm. all that stuff on paper. Um, and um, uh, and sometimes you just want something that you can do right away so you get the sense of, like, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, Paul, I don't know if that's what you get. You do both. You write books, you preach. Where preaching you can do week to week and get a sense, like, you know, you're making progress. Where where you write a book, it, well, maybe not you here because you write a book like as often as you preach. So, oh, you know, for the rest of us here who actually take time, who takes a lot of time to <laughs> take time, <laughs> oh, that takes whoa, a lot whoa. of time to be patient with me. I'm trying to, okay, let, hear what I'm saying. Oh, that's probably Do you want to formulate? Let's <laughs> <laughs> formulate oh. that. <laughs> Well, that's true. Using we talk about a theocentric model and a Christocentric model. Yeah, I think about Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the letter to the Romans. You know, saying that God demonstrates His love to us while we're still sinning, right? And so often in our human relationships, right, we're like, well, I'll, I'll demonstrate my love when they respond to me in the way that I think is appropriate, you know. But seeing God's patience in that that he's patient with Israel, he's patient with his people, that while even we're still sinning, he's already going about the work of sending his son and demonstrating his love to us. It's been great to have this conversation, brothers. Thanks for extending me patience as uh, we walk through this topic. 
Um, I look forward to delving into the rest of the fruit of the Spirit with each of you. I can see us all uh, being sanctified. I have a very strict sanctification schedule yeah. for each of you, and um, you're, uh, you're, you're coming along quite nicely. So we should, we should thank the patience of our readers and our listeners. Need we thank you, patience, listeners, for, your for listening patience. to this closing of the podcast. Uh, thanks for being with us this week. We look forward to being together again next week. Until then, take care. You know our students need patience and stop bothering us to hurry and get stuff graded. <laughs> that was very <laughs> patient, Sorry. very Sorry. patient way to say it. Uh, we can't close guys, on that. Guys, well, this perfect closing, then you had to add that. We can't close on that. The presidents, you know what? We all need to pray for presidents of the organizations because they need they need a lot of patience. That's right. <laughs> Podcast editors too. Really oh yes, <laughs> and systematic theologians and senior pastors. Everybody needs. <laughs>